Hi everyone, Brother George here again. Welcome back to Bible Made Easy podcast. I'm finally back online again after a few weeks of battling a bout of COVID and its after effects, which wasn't very fun, I must say. My whole family got it one after another, and it took us quite a while to get through it. But thankfully, we're all better now. And a big thanks to those of you who prayed for and encouraged us during that time. God bless you all. Today, I'm going to talk about personal crisis management. We all sometimes in life get to a point where we hit a real crisis, and we don't know how in the world we're going to get out of it. It might be related to health, finances, family, safety, or any of the myriad of problems and challenges we all face in life. What do you do in those moments when the dread and the fear of the crisis hits you right in the guts? When you realize that the situation has gotten so bad that there seems to be no way out when your back's to the wall? Thankfully, the Bible is loaded with encouraging promises that we can hang on to in times of crisis. No matter what's happening, we can be comforted to know that God is with us and will somehow see us through whatever's threatening us. In Isaiah 43, 2 and 3, God promises, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So even if you're in the midst of some of the worst and most deadly natural disasters like floods and fires, God will be there to protect and deliver you, even unscathed. So that's one strategy right there. When the storm hits, you can remind yourself of this and many other similar scripture promises of God's presence, help and protection in times of crisis. But don't wait until a crisis hits you to delve into God's Word and familiarize yourself with these promises. It's important to strengthen your faith in God and familiarize yourself with promises such as these when things are going well for you. You need to have His Word stocked up in your mind and heart beforehand so that when the storm does hit, you've already got them at your disposal. The Holy Spirit can bring those promises to your mind when your head is spinning with the gravity of your situation and you barely even have the presence of mind to be able to get a Bible and find something to assure you, or when you're not even in a situation where you can stop and read and pray. There's also a very interesting story in the Bible that's been a great encouragement to me over the years when I found myself in these situations, and I want to share it with you today. It's the story of King Hezekiah, the godly king who found himself in a serious crisis and how he got out of it. Before I read the story from the Bible, here's the background. Hezekiah was the king of Judah, which was the southern part of the divided kingdom of Israel. He reigned from about 715 to 685 BC. He was a very godly king one of the few kings of the Jewish people who was obedient, who followed God with an honest and pure heart, and who led his people as God instructed. The northern part of the divided kingdom had been disobedient to God for hundreds of years, 
and had already been invaded and conquered by the dominant world power of the day, the Assyrians, only about 20 years prior to the story I'm about to read you. Having already conquered the north, the Assyrian king Sennacherib now had his sights set on King Hezekiah's southern kingdom of Judah. By about 700 BC, Sennacherib had taken control of great sections of Judean territory, having seized many of the towns and cities near Jerusalem. And it was Jerusalem that was next on his agenda. Sennacherib had a massive army of hundreds of thousands of well-armed, battle-hardened, ruthless killers. Judah, facing the might of the Assyrians, was like a modern, small, developing nation attempting to resist an assault from a modern-day military superpower. The downfall of Jerusalem, the last bastion of the nation of Israel's resistance, seemed only a matter of time. Here's how the Old Testament's 2 Kings chapters 18 and 19 describe the dramatic events. I won't read every word, just the major sections with a little commentary in between. Here we go. During Hezekiah's 14th year as king, King Sennacherib of Assyria went to fight against all the strong cities of Judah. Sennacherib defeated them all. Then King Hezekiah of Judah sent a message to the king of Assyria. Hezekiah said, Leave me alone and I will pay whatever you want. Then the king of Assyria told King Hezekiah of Judah to pay over 11 tons of silver and over one ton of gold. Hezekiah gave all the silver that was in the Lord's temple and in the king's treasuries and cut off the gold of the Lord's temple and gave it to the king of Assyria. So Hezekiah, hoping to stave off seeming certain defeat, offered to pay a huge amount of tribute. And King Sennacherib accepted. But unfortunately, Sennacherib had no intention of being pacified with gold. Instead, he took the money and went straight back to his march on Jerusalem. Let's continue. The king of Assyria sent his three most important officers with a large army to King Hezekiah in Jerusalem. The commanders said to them, Tell Hezekiah this is what the great king, the king of Assyria, says. And these messengers then went on a lengthy rant of threats, intimidation and trash talk with the aim of persuading Hezekiah to surrender. They tried to undermine the representatives' trust in Hezekiah and the Lord by telling them not to trust in him nor to trust in their God. And they've already conquered all before them and that Judah had no hope and that they might as well give up now. Let's continue. Then the palace manager, the royal secretary and the record keeper went to Hezekiah. Their clothes were torn to show that they were upset. They told Hezekiah everything the Assyrian commander had said. In those days, tearing your clothes was a way of expressing extreme emotion or distress. When King Hezekiah heard this, he tore his clothes to show that he was upset. Then he went to the Lord's temple. Hezekiah then sent messages to seek advice from the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah sent a message back to the king which said the following. 
The Lord says, Don't be afraid of what you heard from the commanders. Don't believe what those boys from the king of Assyria said to make fun of me. I will cut him down with a sword in his own country. In the meantime, Sennacherib sent a written message to Hezekiah through his representatives containing more threats, intimidation and trash talk. It was obvious that he was dead set determined to carry out his plans to totally crush Judah unless Hezekiah willingly surrendered. Let's continue reading because here we get to the part where we learn what to do in a backs-to-the-wall crisis. Hezekiah received the letters from the messages and read them. Then he went up to the Lord's temple and laid the letters out in front of the Lord. Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, Lord, God of Israel, you sit as king above the cherub angels. You alone are the God who rules all the kingdoms of the earth. You made heaven and earth. Lord, please listen to me. Lord, open your eyes and look at this message. Hear the words that Sennacherib sent to insult the living God. It is true, Lord. The kings of Assyria did destroy all those nations. They did throw the gods of those nations into the fire, but they were not real gods. They were only wood and stone, statutes that people made. That is why the kings of Assyria could destroy them. But you are the Lord our God, so please save us from the king of Assyria. Then all the other nations will know that you, Lord, are the only God. What a powerful prayer of faith in the midst of a seemingly unsolvable crisis. So how did God respond? After more drama in between, here's how God intervened. The scripture says, That night the angel of the Lord went out and killed 185,000 people in the Assyrian camp. When the others got up in the morning, they saw all the dead bodies. So King Sennacherib of Assyria left and went back to Nineveh where he stayed. Seeing the slaughter of his army, Sennacherib gave up his march on Jerusalem and retreated to Nineveh, the capital city of his kingdom. And the passage goes on to say, One day, Sennacherib was in the temple of his god Nisroch, worshipping him. His sons, Adramelech and Sherezer, killed him with a sword and ran away to Ararat. So his son, Ezarhaddon, became the new king of Assyria. This was a fulfillment of the prophecies Isaiah gave. Now the Bible doesn't give details of how the angel of the Lord put an end to 185,000 of King Sennacherib's army. Whether the angel of the Lord killed them directly or used some human or natural agent isn't revealed. But that's not important. What is important is the example of how Hezekiah's faith and his prayer saved him and his kingdom in the face of a deadly enemy. How about you?
Are you facing a personal crisis right now? No matter what it is, no matter even if you've got your back to the wall and there seems no way out, remember this story. Remember how Hezekiah threw himself at the mercy of God, laid out the problems before him and said, Lord, you alone are the king who rules all the kingdoms on earth. You made heaven and earth. Lord, please listen to me. Please save us from the king of Assyria. If you're not a believer yet, receive Jesus as your saviour today and put your trust in him to come through for you. If you're already a believer, strengthen your faith today by familiarising yourself with the many promises of God's care for you in the Bible. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to this podcast, and leave a positive comment if you can. Looking forward to you joining me next time.